0: I'm going to share today again about from Proverbs about wisdom. And I was thinking that it would be a good uh it would be a good devotional uh for those of you that have children. Uh, Proverbs is a great devotional. You can uh, read a little bit and and talk about it and share the wisdom from Proverbs with your children. That's what Proverbs is, you know, it's a father giving godly wisdom to his son. So um, you know, if uh, you ever wonder about, well, what could I talk to my kids about or how could I do that? Just read a little bit of Proverbs, a verse at a time and just talk about it. Um, it's a good, good way of sharing wisdom from the Bible with them. Today I'm going to look in Proverbs, the third chapter. And we're going to look at these some verses. Uh, I'm going to take a couple verses at a time and just each thought. We're going to just look at those. It starts out, it says, my son, do not forget my law. But let your heart keep my commands for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. You know, people always looking for ways to live longer. You know, always trying to figure out, eat right, you know, if you just, if you just eat right, you get to live longer. You know, if you just, if you just exercise, you get to live longer. You know, always trying to figure out ways of living longer. And, you know, the Proverbs says, uh, you know, that keeping God's commands, obeying His word, Obeying his word is, is a good way to live longer. You know, I think as, as Christians, we need to remember that, that, you know, you can look at all kinds of things and expect all kinds of ways to keep your life going. But uh, I think personally that uh, obeying God's word and, and looking to him is, is the way that we need to do it. Uh, one of the first commandments that God gave that says we can have a long life is in Ephesians 6, 1 and 3. Uh, Ephesians 6, 1 and 3 is a verse that says children obey your parents the Lord for this is right honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with a promise that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth um, I'm, I think there was times when we used that verse at home once in a while you know it's a good one you know if you want to live long on this earth <laughs> But, you know, it's true. It says, you know, honor your father and mother. And that's so you can live a long life. And And I don't think that's just, you know, that it's not just when you're living at home, I think, as you get older. We still honor them. You know, I think it doesn't end. You don't just uh, do it for a little while, but it's a, always you honor your father and mother. Now, that doesn't mean they're absolutely always right. It doesn't mean they're perfect. It doesn't mean they always get it right, you know, Uh You know, as you grow, and then as you grow older, you're going to make your own decisions and you're going to live your life, but you still honor them. You know, you can, I think this is something that's important is you can disagree with somebody, but still honor them. And that goes in a lot of areas. You know, there's, there's just a lot of things that, you know, you can disagree about something, but you can still respect and honor somebody. You know, we tend to think, well, if you disagree, you got to just put them down, tear them apart and you know, have nothing to do with them. Well, no, I think you can, you can still honor and respect. The second one is, in verse 3, it says, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. It says that the key to finding favor with God and man is to show mercy and to be truthful. You think about it. You think about it. Show mercy. Have compassion. Having compassion on people. Not being judgmental and critical. And not always being critical about somebody. And just criticizing all the time. You know, sometimes as parents, I think it's hard sometimes with our children because, you know, we're to teach and train our children, but we don't want to get to the point where we're being critical. And there's a fine line in there somewhere that, you know, you can teach somebody, you can train them, you can discipline them, but you shouldn't be critical. And it comes with maybe attitude. Sometimes it's hard to kind of just get that just right, and I'm not sure we ever get it perfect. But we want to be careful that we're not just criticizing all the time, that we want to build up. You know, we wanna, and we want to show mercy. You know, Even at times when somebody does something wrong, you know, we want to be able to show mercy. Um, have compassion. Have compassion. We want to be truthful, trustworthy. Our words should be true. I believe we should show up on time if we say we're going to be there. I think we should show up on time. I think Christians should should be on time. If you got to change your clock at home to say 10 minutes <laughs> different to what reality is, that's okay. But you know, we should... Tell, if we tell somebody we're going to be there, we should be there. If we tell somebody we're going to do something, we should do it. And I believe this comes a lot with just being something that's in your heart. You know, you're, you're just being, having these things inside of you. I think it's difficult if you grew up in a home where there was a lot of criticism and there was a lot of criticalness. It's very difficult sometimes to overcome that because we tend to become what we were around when we were raised. But God restores. God redeems. So even if we're in those situations, we can change it. God can change it. We can see, okay, this is how God would want me to be. Because it says we can find favor with God. So God God likes it when we're like this. God says this this is a godly way to be. This is a godly way to be. And it also says we'll find popularity with man. You know, popularity, isn't that an interesting thing? You know, when you're, when you're in high school, what does popularity, popularity look like in high school? When you graduate from high school and get out about 10 years, what does popularity look like? Isn't it interesting to go to class reunions? I think they're just a wonderful thing to go to, you know? And you just go, wow, they were so popular in high school. Look at them now. <laughs> Haven't you seen that? Haven't you seen that? You know? So, and what was that popularity a lot of times built on? Well, a lot of times in high school, it's built upon intelligence, good looks, athletic ability. That's the ones we think are popular. How long does it last? It's fleeting. It's fleeting for most. You get out of school, and it's like, doesn't matter anymore. You know? Nobody cares that you were the star on the basketball team. doesn't really matter. 10 years out, you know, and then you see people and you see, wow, that didn't get them very far. And I really believe that, you know, as the Bible says, mercy and truthfulness, godly character is what gets us to favor with men. Now, not everybody's going to like you because you're like that, you know, but, but by and large, it's going to get you favor. It's going to get you favor. You know, people will tend to like you. You know, if you're compassionate and truthful, they'll tend to like you. You know, it's not, I don't think it's rocket science, you know. And like I say, if you're truthful, it doesn't always mean that that everybody's going to like you because you're truthful. Let me say this about being truthful. Some people think that being truthful means I can say whatever I want, whenever I want. That's not compassionate. Truthful means sometimes you may know the truth and you just keep it to yourself. That's compassionate. So being truthful doesn't mean we can go around saying what we want about everybody and say, "Well, I just speak the truth and tough. If you don't like it, so be it." Now that's not compassionate. So I think we can be we need to be truthful, but if you can't say something good, don't say anything at all. You know, if you can't if you can't say, you know, it might be the truth, but sometimes just keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. The next, one, the next one says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Roger, we were talking before church this morning, and Roger was telling how that was his, Barb, that was her favorite verse. A great verse to live by. I mean, it kind of sums everything up you know, trust the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. You don't know it all. Don't try to figure it all out. You can't, you know, you trust the Lord with all your heart. You know, and I think sometimes that all your heart is so important. We need to be all in. We need to be all in, not half-heartedly, but with all our heart. You know, it's I think A lot of times we can like half-heartedly, well, I kind of trust the Lord. Well, you can't kind of trust the Lord. I mean, you can, but I don't think that's trusting. Because as soon as something difficult comes, you're going to quit. You're going to back off. You have to trust Him with all your heart. You have to trust Him no matter what. And that, that is a sign. And not with our own understanding. You don't always figure it out. You can't always figure everything out. It doesn't always have to make sense to you. You know, how many times they? say, well, that doesn't make sense to me? doesn't matter. Trust the Lord. doesn't have to make sense to me. That is so hard. That is so hard. I want it to make sense. I want to be able to figure it out. I want to be able to understand it completely. I, I hate it in the Bible when it says there's mysteries. Oh, mysteries. I can't figure it out. I'm not going to know. I just have to trust. I just have to trust like a little child. And it says, I have to trust him in all my ways. In all my ways. Trust him in everything. Trust him in everything I do. Not just some things, not just when I think about it, but I have to trust him. I have to trust him for everything. I have to trust him for the hard things. You know, there's hard things in life. You know, life isn't just a picnic. I mean, if yours is, thank goodness and be thankful and enjoy it. You know, you know. Enjoy the moment. You know, I say enjoy the moment. I, when, you know when life is quiet and peaceful? I've, I've kind of learned you enjoy the moment because it will change. It's going to change. But you have to trust. And you trust the Lord. You trust the Lord in those quiet times, which is easy. You trust the Lord when everything's going great. That's easy. But then you get the moments when it's not easy. When things aren't going the way I want. When things are difficult. When I got to deal with things that I can't fix. I don't know how many times you sit and talk to somebody and are in a situation and say, I can't fix it. That is really, that can be real unsettling. Unsettling. I can't fix it. I don't, you know, I don't know what to do. Oh, trust the Lord. Don't lean on my own understanding in all your ways. You know, so, okay, Lord, I trust you in this situation. But Lord, I don't know what you're going to do. Well, I don't have to. I don't have to. I just need to trust you. I just need to trust you. That is so difficult. That is so difficult for us. But I want to tell you something. At some point in time, we're all going to go through it. You're going to hit it. You're going to hit something sometime that you can't figure out. You can't make sense of it necessarily. You can't understand exactly where it's going. You can't know, how am I going to, how is this going to work out? You're going to decide whether or not you're going to trust the Lord. And then it says when we do that, it says he will direct our path. We need to stay guideable so he can direct us. You know, if I can figure it out, and like Franklin Graham said, if you can figure it out, it's not faith. You know, we walk by faith and not by sight. Now think about it, folks. When he said, "I just had such an impact on me. Oh, do you know if you're honest, most things you can figure out and you try to figure them out and you can, you can decide how to go? That's not faith. You don't need any faith to do that. It's when I get to a spot when I can't figure it out. I don't know what to do. I don't know which way to go. Now I've got to walk by faith. All that is, And then I go, well, this is hard. Yeah, it's hard. But it says that he will guide our path. So We trust him, Lord, guide my path. You know, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you to guide my path. I don't have to understand. I don't have to understand. The next one in verse 7, it says, Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Don't think you know it all. Don't be arrogant. Don't think you're always right. Don't put others down. Don't be arrogant. you know? Don't be wise in your own eyes. You know that means I think I, 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 I see through my eyes and I think I know. Don't be like that. Don't be arrogant. Depart from evil. Stay away from evil. I talked a little bit last week about it. Run from evil. Don't see how close you can get without getting in trouble. It's much better to stay way away from it and stay away from evil than to try to get close enough. Young people, I can't say enough about this. Because what I see is, it, and I, I don't know who, I was talking to somebody yesterday, but you know, young people, sometimes you're just a split second away from a bad decision that can change the rest of your life. And I, I just... You know, And the one case that comes to me is that young man. I think about that young man up in Toledo standing on an overpass with a block of cement, a bag of cement, throws it over the overpass and kills somebody. His life is forever changed. Now, God can still work, but his life is forever changed. One dumb mistake. You know, I don't think he threw it to kill somebody. I don't believe that. I think he was a kid doing a dumb thing. And will pay dearly. Will pay dearly. Now, I believe God can restore. God can redeem. I believe that. But there's a cost to pay for that. And so, young people, you know, sometimes you're just a, a just a, split second or just a decision away from a lot of chaos and a lot of turmoil, a lot of a lot of stress in your life. So be careful. Be careful. Don't think you can. You can. St- just figure it all out, and just you know, try something and do something, and it won't matter. A lot of things matter. A lot of things have a big effect. And it says, it says, when we are, when we trust the Lord, and when we fear Him, and depart from evil, it'll be health to our flesh and strength to our bones. You know, I. And as you get older, you keep believing that. <laughs> you know, strength to my bones. Lord, keep my bones strong. You know, it's, you don't think about that when you're young. You got so much strength, you don't know what to do with it all. You know, you got you got strength to do anything. As you get older, you think, "Oh, strength to my bones. He'll renew my my strength as an eagle. You know, I'll fly. I'll run and not be weary. I'll walk and not faint. Wow, that becomes more important. You know, so these things these things become. It's health to my flesh and strength to my bones. Verse nine says. Says, um, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. The key to prosperity, the key to prosperity is honoring the Lord with our possessions. You kind of some at some point in time you don't have to, but it really helps if you get it through your head. It doesn't belong to you. You know. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It belongs to him. The good news is my father's got the cattle on a thousand hills. Lincoln and I have nine. But my father, but my father's got all of them. All of them. Wow. So I get excited going to Klein's and look at the rest of my cattle. See, you know, think, you got to change your thinking. You got to change your thinking. It doesn't belong to me. But guess what? I can look out, and I'm an heir of all of it. Wow, huh? It's not. It doesn't. It's not mine. It all belongs to him, and he allows me to have some of it. And what he gives me, then I give to him the first fruits. I honor him with the first fruits. Why the first fruits? Because he wants the first. He doesn't want leftovers. Leftovers don't imply that you think it all belongs to him. Leftovers imply that you think, well, if I got anything left, I'll give some to God. You know, he got pretty upset in the Old Testament when, you know, they give they give the sacrifice and they go, well, you know, it's time for sacrifice. Let's go out and find that old sheep. You know, we got one laying out back. He's about dead anyway. You know, he's got a broken leg and he hasn't ate for a couple of days. Why don't we just take him to the sacrifice? It won't cost us much, you know. He's already about dead. We're just going to kill him. We're just going to sacrifice him anyway. Makes sense to me. But what's the Lord say? He goes, No, no. I want the first fruits. I want the first. I want the best. You know, I give it all to you. you know, if you get it right, you know, he gives it all to us. So why, why wouldn't he want the first? Why wouldn't I want to give him the first fruits? Honor him first. You know, consider him first. It's it's kind of an attitude thing. So the Bible talked about a tithe. It talks about bringing our tithes, ten percent, our offerings. You bring the first. You don't bring your last. You don't bring the last dime. You bring your first. You give to him. You honor him first because it all belongs to him. It's all his. It's all his. And it's it's so different and difficult sometimes in our society. If you if you're not careful, you can get so caught up in what the world's doing us what the world's doing that we start to think that we have to hang on to it so that we can kind of keep it in case we need it and the bible kind of says that you know if we give it he will give to us you know it's not a matter of hanging on it's a matter of giving and he gives back to us now i think i think there's nothing wrong with saving I'm not saying we shouldn't save. I think it's wisdom to save. I think it's wisdom to save for your retirement. You know? Now, let me say this. You got to be careful because you can try to save for your retirement, but, you know, if you don't put the Lord first, it doesn't take long for it all to be gone. It, you know, it doesn't take long. It doesn't take long. And in our society... What we have to be careful of, I think, is if we start to trust institutions and a government for that security, it can be gone in a minute. You know, we can think we have, and it can, it can be gone. But when it belongs to the Lord and we trust Him, it can never be gone. It can never be gone. Because it all belongs to Him. And so we trust Him. It, it's, it's our attitude towards Him. Verse 11, verse 11 says, My son, don't despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his corrections. Whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father the son in whom he delights. God will correct and discipline his children. He will correct and discipline us. In uh, Hebrews, Hebrews, the uh, 12th chapter, beginning at the fifth verse, It says, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening seems joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. God loves us and he chastens us. If you're not being chastened, then you really need to consider if you're illegitimate. If you've never, if the Lord's never corrected you, then you have to go, well, maybe I'm... Because it says if we're sons, he will correct us. He will chasten us. And it says that it's painful. Painful. So that means it's not just like, oh, you ought to quit doing that. No, it's painful. It hurts. It hurts. It gets down to the heart of the issue. It gets down to the heart of the issue. No no chastening is joyful but painful for the moment. But that's okay. It's okay because we know that God loves us because He's chastened us because He wants us to be better. He wants us to be partakers of His holiness. He wants us to become like Him. And there's no way to become like Him unless it's a little painful because that's not where we start. We don't start like Him. I want to close with with verses thirteen to eighteen, happy is the man who finds wisdom. The man who gains understanding, for her proceeds are better than the profits of silver, and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things that that may desire, all the things you may desire, cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand; in her left hand, riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all of her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her and happy are all who retain her. Happy is the man who finds wisdom. We've been talking about getting wisdom. You know, happy, it says when we find wisdom, it makes us happy. It makes us happy. We're glad. It says there's blessings. It's better than gold and silver. Length of days is in her hand. Wisdom is good. Wisdom is good. We can, re, we can get wisdom we get it from his word. He gives us wisdom. It's not, God doesn't go, well, I've got wisdom for you, but I'm not going to tell you where it's at. It's in his word. It's in his word. We can read it. We can read it to our children. We can go over it and over it and over. It. Proverbs is a book when you can go over it and over and over, and you're always going to see something new. It's always going to be new. There's always like, oh, I never saw that before. Well, because you need, need to see it now. So it's, it's a, living, a living book, and it gives us life. It gives us, it's a tree of life to those that take hold of it. And happy are they who retain it. You know? So how important is wisdom? It's very important. It gives us life. It gives us length of days. It gives us happiness, happiness when we have wisdom. So we need to seek wisdom. We need to share it with our children. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that we can get wisdom. Lord, Do you have it available to us. We just need to read your word. We just need to receive it. Lord, we thank you for your blessings, your being with us, Lord. Lord, just help us to be faithful to you, allow you to speak to our hearts. Lord, you would guide our paths. We just thank you for that. Be with us now. Watch over everyone as we travel home or wherever we're going. Just keep them safe. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.